Hello. Hello. Welcome to Cavern Cast. How you going? You good? You good? That went from Australian to Stewie. You good? How's it going? Welcome. Welcome to Cavern Cast. I haven't done a Stewie voice in ages. Also, I can't believe I've never introduced an episode or said hello in an Australian accent before. Hello. It's because my friend sent me a TikTok of um, if High School Musical was Australian. And it was, what song was it? Oh yeah, this could be the start of something new. It feels so right to be here with your R. And it's had me cracking up for the past few days. I hope you're well. Hope you're doing okay. I made a frog friend. Um, that that's it. I made friends with a frog. I made friends with a cat. That's it. It's been a it's been a week of making friends. Who says it's hard to make friends when you're an adult? Come on. You just need to go to more zoos. I also saw a video of a lion having like a roar off with a guy. The lion was like roar, and then the guy was like roar. And the blind was like, it was one of the strangest things I've seen. Lions are smart as hell, man. Also really petty, like he didn't want to lose. (laughs) Been back in the gym, been trying to have conversations with people in the gym, even just by small talk, because it can be a really intimidating place to be. Like, and I like, I look intimidating when I have headphones in and I'm working out, so I'm trying to, like, work on not looking as intimidating. Like, I'm definitely one of those people that looks like he's giving you, like, daggers without even realizing. And then you talk and I'm like, oh, hello. (laughs) So I'm actively working on that, actively working on my resting bitch face. Everybody should spend at least five minutes a day working on their resting bitch face to make it even bitchier. So we've got some potentially fun words today. If you've never listened to Cast before, I think there's a load of new people listening. I got the stats back for, like, your weekly listens, because um, I got them emailed to me for some reason. And, um, yeah, I looked at them and I was like, oh, oh, hello, how's it going? So if you're listening and you're new, hello. Welcome in. Welcome to the hangout. Welcome to the chill space. And if if you are new here and you haven't listened before, how it works is I use a random word generator to generate five random words and then I just talk about them with whatever comes to mind. Okay. Sound good? So whatever you want to do, sleep, nap, Maybe a plank. Do a plank for the whole episode. That wouldn't be relaxing. I did my longest plank the other day. You know, planking, like the thing where you like, you, you're sort of in like a press up position and you just sort of hold it or you can be on your elbows and hold it there. Yeah, I did that for like longer than I ever had before. Also someone, uh, I started doing this. I did this a while ago, but I started trying to do it again. Um, 
because music makes workouts fun. It's called the Jolene workout. And um, it's like, like there, there's, there's ways you can make it easier and harder, but like the main one is, oh my God, this is a killer. So you hold a plank for the entirety of the song Jolene by Dolly Parton. And every time she says the word Jolene, or she sings the word Jolene rather, you do a push up. And it is murder. Yeah, you're thinking about that song now, thinking about how many times she actually says Jolene in the song. It's a killer. So if you want to get a real good core and really want a good workout, that's a good challenge. And it's a great one to work up to as well, because I could not do it when I first started. So that's, yeah, you're welcome if you want that challenge or try and create your own. Anyway, um, we're going to crack on with the words now. Uh, word number one is furniture. So settle down, do what you're doing, get yourself a nice little blanket or something or whatever you want to do. And uh, I will begin in five. Four, three, two, one. Let's go. Furniture. Um, so I've been thinking more and more about the craft that goes into furniture, or goes into creating furniture. Um, and this has been happening since I began working on the van. For those of you who don't know, I live in a van. Um, I started watching YouTube tutorials on how to put stuff together and make, you know, beds, tables, walls, cabinets and stuff, uh, stuff and things. But after a while, I kind of, I, I kind of graduated from the tutorials, not in the sense that I learned how to do everything on there. No, uh, just in the sense that I moved on because my attention span is a fickle mistress. She is a uh, she is an untamed beast, and I love her so. <laughs> Along with all the rabbit holes she leads me down, like my attention span leading me is like those like really cliche videos of couples that go traveling, literally anywhere, or just it could be a field. By their house but you see one of them filming with their hand held out in front of the camera and the other the participant of the the relationship is like running ahead in slow motion grabbing the aforementioned hand and leading them to god knows where maybe their death who knows but usually just a fun frolic so that's my attention span um, now where was I? <laughs> oh yeah, moved on from those tutorial videos onto watching sort of asmr videos of people wood carving and just making like wonderfully detailed bits of furniture. Hmm, doesn't really feel right to say bits. Pieces pieces of furniture they'll be using like lathes and planing and sanding and chipping away creating something beautiful out of nothing nothing except time skill 
and an idea, met by chance and plucked from the ether, the perfect meeting of inspiration and information. And it is wonderful. And then sometimes you get them doing that, um, like the wood burning, not like wood burning like a fire, as in like, I don't even know what, it's like a soldering iron, but it's not. It's like a little pokey thing. You know, the really hot little pokey thing where you can burn designs into wood. It might be electric. What's it called? It's not just called branding, is it? What's it called? Pyrography. Wait, no. Pyrog... Pyrography. 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 That is exactly what that word should be. Pyog... If I could say it, it would be pyrography, pyrography. Try saying that five times fast. I love it, but I'd be terrible at it. I really wanted to do it on the van, but it's like, there's no eraser for that. Something cannot be unburned. But unburned? Wait, does that, does unburned mean not burned? Or like the burning has been undone? Like Daenerys was the unburned. Because she walked into the fire and she was like, I'm fine, bitches. Uh, Disburnt. Let's say disburnt. I'm going to say disburnt. It's not a word, but it is now. And you know what I mean. And that is all that matters. So, basically, my wonderful fear of commitment is holding me back from bare vibes in the van well no there's already vibes bare vibes in the van but even vibier vibes um i should work on that no more will this little home of mine be unsinged should be careful of my words really otherwise this whole thing is going to end up in flames touch wood i mean that's a good thing i am never more than like three centimeters away from being able to touch wood. So there's that. So going back to like overall furniture, I really, really want a lazy boy. That's when I'll know I've made it. Not riches, not fame, not glory, a lazy boy armchair. It's important to cement your goals, you know, And this has been a a dream of mine since I was a child. Again, I may have told this story before. It's difficult now because I'm into year two of this podcast. And I've I've told so many stories here that I just forget. Like my memory is bad at the, like the, like just in normal day-to-day life. Now I have a podcast. So if I do ever repeat myself, I'm sorry. Kinda. Hey, you're probably asleep anyway, or on your way to the land of Nod. So, like a small child being read, we're going on a bear hunt for the 98th time this month. Uh, I will tell this story. So, I think I was, I think I was like seven years old, something like that, hella young, and uh, we were on a family day out shopping and this particular day was the first time I had ever stepped foot inside a furniture store like DFS or SCS or 
I don't know. What are the other ones? House of Fraser? I don't know. But, um, yeah, first time I ever went into a furniture store that I remember. And um, this was also around the time uh, that I was being tested for ADHD. It was around that age. So you can imagine my energy levels and the pure intense elation I felt at finding myself in this world record sized game of the floor is lava. So after bouncing either gracefully or extremely haphazardly through the air between sofa after sofa after bed after probably a bunk bed, um, I come across the most majestic, comfortable, welcoming armchair I had ever seen. So naturally, I made my way to it. Probably, you know, doing a backflip or something cool as hell. You know how it is. Racking and rolling and whatnot. Uh, Ten points for the reference. And when I sat down in this chair, I immediately felt like a king. The king of my imaginary lava world. The lava king. Wait, don't we have one of those? Isn't that a celebrity? Is it? The liver king. Not the lava king. The liver king. Ah, good. I am the lava king. So, so yes, the lava king sat down and comfort overwhelmed him. I was agog and aghast at this level of cushioning. I had not known joy like this was a possibility. And then, then I found out there was a recliner option. Not that that really did anything for me at seven years old, apart from, you know, maybe, maybe just sort of like hit my feet a little bit, but it's a nice novelty. And then, then the best part happened. I discovered that, oh my god, this was like Christmas, the top of one of the arms of the chair opened out into a mini fridge. I just about pissed myself with excitement. So I ran to my mother, begging and pleading for this armchair to come home with us. And after a lot of pleading, ple pleading, and pleading and pleading and begging and begging, probably threw some tears in there for good measure. I am an actor, you know. Finally, she said, absolutely not. Of course she didn't say yes, and rightly so. I think the thing was like two or three grand. Like, like shit was she going to buy it? Absolutely not. And so, my lifelong goal, to be the proud, proud owner of a lazy boy with a mini fridge in the arm, was created. And you best believe I will not shut up about it when that finally happens. I'm not a materialistic person, but for this, goddamn. One day. One day. Word number two of the day is sand. And I was trying to think if I'd done sand yet. 
But it's quicksand that I talked about, not just general sand. General sand? Oh, do you, do you know about Inspector Sands? Inspector, wow. It freaked me out when I first heard the call for Inspector Sands for the first time. When I first heard the call for the first time. Cool, really establishing that. So anyway, Inspector Sands is not a real dude. However, if you are ever in a train station, maybe other places like airports too, but I'm not too sure, definitely train stations, and you hear over the tannoy system, would Inspector Sands please come to the operations room immediately? That means a fire alarm has been triggered, but the station doesn't want the alarm part to be taken seriously by everyone in the station. So instead of an ear-piercing bell that makes everyone freak out and run, you get the, in my opinion, equally as terrifying, would Inspector Sands please come to the operations room immediately? It's either would or will, I can't remember. But yeah, I got so many goosebumps the first time I heard it, because I was like, that's not normal terminology. One, that sounds like, it sounds like re some really old school, like Sherlock Holmes type of beat. And the fact that it was, it was clearly a recording because it, it, it just kept playing. I thought the place was haunted or something. I don't know. I think it was around the time that I was really getting into Doctor Who. So my mind just jumped to that, like, immediately. Inspector Sands. Like, YouTube it after this. Because it's, it's, it's kind of eerie. It's a really eerie recording. And thirdly, like, no one, no one else around me was reacting. So I thought it was only me that could hear it. And I was like, am I Inspector Sands? Is this my purpose? Where is the operations room? I must attend. I'm late for a meeting. But luckily, you know, iPhones were a thing at this point, so after a very, very quick, frantic Google, I found out the true identity of Inspector Sands and took a big sigh of relief. Probably bigger than I should have done, considering, you know, it is a fire alarm. But... The, you know, the, the staff didn't seem massively concerned. So I was like, oh, someone's probably just having a cheeky fag on the platform or something. Um, and for those wondering why his name is Inspector Sands, after a little research, little, I always have trouble with the word little and I don't know why. After a little research, um, I found out that his origin is theater-based back in day uh, and still in some today I think instead of using a fire extinguisher for like any accidental small fires backstage or whatever you know if like the the dame of the pantomime's wig had caught a blaze after a 
cheeky little interval ciggy. Oh, for anyone wondering, by the way, fag means cigarette in the UK. Just in case y'all thought I was throwing F slurs out there, casual like. But yeah, so uh, instead of a fire extinguisher, which would cause potentially a lot of mess and maybe damage to a lot of props or costumes or whatever, they would have a bucket of sand on hand because sand is very good for putting out small fires. Not not big ones, though. If you see a burning house, don't be don't be tempted to sprint to your local beach with your trusty bucket and spade. <laughs> I don't think it's going to do much. But yeah, it it caught on pretty quick. And um, yeah, that stuck as the code for fire. But shh, keep it on the DL, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Do you want some facts about sand? What's that? What's that fact? Like there's more, there's more grains of, more grains of sand than there are stars in the in the sky? Is that what it is? Oh, wait, what? Okay, so some, some, some are saying astronomers estimate there exist roughly 10,000 stars for each grain of sand on Earth, and then some are saying the numbers are pretty much matched. There are about the same number of stars in the observable universe as there are sand grains in all of Earth's beaches. Basically, just a dump load of both. There's definitely at least seven. And you can take that to the bank. I used to love making sandcastles. I used to... Oh my god, sandcastle was one, wasn't it? That was a word. Was that a really... Was that one of the first episodes? Hang on. Hang on a second... This sounds familiar. I swear it was. Episode 12, Sandcastle. Ah. Oh yeah, I talked about the world's biggest sandcastle. Chimney Harbour Salt Sandcastle Eulogy. My mind does work, I do remember things. Yay. Oh, that's nice. Do you know sand is usually made of silica? And silica is silicon dioxide, which is a compound that makes up most of the Earth's crust. And I I know I've spoken about this before, but I remember being on a beach. There's a specific beach in Scotland where like loads of um, broken pottery washes up on the on the shore and gets mixed in with the sand because they uh, there was like a pottery factory and they used to dump their um, their like unused bits or their broken bits into the into the sea. And they just wash up on the beach. Which is really, really cool. Do you know what I wouldn't like? I wouldn't like to be part of a sandstorm. The song Sandstorm, though, by Darude. See, if you were like half asleep then, that might have just triggered you awake. Especially if you have a background in raves. I apologize. Um, Okay, that'll do for sand. That'll do for sand. Hat.
Here's a question for you. If you were out walking in the woods, just a normal day, sun poking through the trees, maybe you're walking your cat, because that is a thing that people do, and then suddenly, little astrophy hears a noise, and they do that cat thing where they jump up really high when they're spooked, like if you put a cucumber near them, and then it just legs it, and then you run after astrophy, and and whilst running, and thinking about how smart you are to name your cat astrophy, you trip over something hard that makes a sound that materials in this wood shouldn't make. And after shouting a couple of swear words, because you stubbed your toe, you come to your senses and realize that you have kicked a load of moss off of the top of a hatch. While saying this, the question came into my mind of if you stub your toe in a forest and scream, but no one is around to hear it, did you really stub your toe? Or are you just being a little bitch about it? Anyway, back to the hatch. This hatch must have been hidden for years because of the amount of moss that's grown on it and for the amount of debris that has fallen on top of it. Many years of storms must have passed to cause this much damage. And then you, you, you look around and you spot Astrophy just chilling in a tree because of course they're fine because that's what cats do, they're just fine. Um, so there's that worry taken care of. Also, this isn't one of those thriller movies where the pet runs off and then the protagonist just forgets about the pet. Because honestly, if, they, if that was to happen, they didn't deserve a pet anyway. And I'm not saying they deserve to die, but I, I mean... <laughs> anyway... You discovered a hatch. Dun -ba -da -da. My question to you is, do you, A, exclaim the biggest nope you can muster and turn around and just walk? Walk you and Astrophy back home and forget it ever happened. B, do that, but call someone up and be like, yo, there's this hatch that I think you might want to check out. Maybe like an authority figure or your friend Kevin who likes stuff like that. I don't know, whoever. Just somebody. That, that bit's up to you. Or C, would you open up that little bitch and see what the vibes are like at this party, huh? Ah, I know which one I'm choosing. Yeah, getting that out of there. Of course, because can't you see? Dusk is upon us. There ain't no way I'm going to be hanging around in the dark waiting for Slenderman to pop out. Oh, 
what's what's the what's the trend of today? Skinwalkers, skinwalkers. You know, hatch or no hatch, I'm not hanging around. Man, uh, to be fair, I might. I'm asking you this question because I don't actually know. I've had this conversation before. It definitely would have to be a vibey thing. Like, I'd have to wait till I was in the situation. I'd do the donkey thing. Remember that? <laughs> Donkeys, If you, you know, if you didn't catch the episode a couple ago where I spoke about donkeys donkeys have like a built in vibe checker so I would I would do that I would go and get a donkey from the local donkey donkey sanctuary well no I'd get astrophy to go and get a donkey and then bring back bring him back so then it'd be the I feel like at this point we may as well just be reenacting the entirety of Shrek 2 me who is very tall anyway a cat and then a donkey. I'm gonna get Astrophy some little boots. Astrophy's not a real cat, Kevin. Stop talk. I've already grown attached to this damn cat, and it doesn't even exist. But yeah, once all that, once like you know, fairy godmother's been taken care of. Um, Prince Charming's been sorted out. Uh, I would bring the donkey to the hatch. And if he's like, Naji, Naji, stay away, stay away from that. Bray away, because donkeys bray. Bray away from that, man. Then I'm Gonzo, that's fine. But if he just starts like, I don't know, munching on some moss and just chilling, I'll probably give it a go. I'll see what's down there. Let me know what you do. Tweet me. Tweet me what you would do. At Cavan Kingston. Hatch or no hatch? This story was brought to you by that one season of Lost that popped straight into the front forefront of my mind when I heard the word hatch. It's really bad that I never actually finished Lost. I should really do that. Yeah. Anyway, it's getting colder. Now, which means two things. One, get to wrap up warm, get out all the winter clothing, be all snug, looking fresh. That's a good time. And also, might be starting to get real icy soon. So I'm going to take this opportunity to make a little public service announcement. Oh, I said little right that time. A little public service announcement, little PSA for you all with the the fourth word of the day, which is slip. Slip, 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 slip. So y'all need to be careful out here. Get yourself some grippy shoes because I'm telling you, it's all fun and games until someone makes one little slip on the ice and it turns into a live action reenactment of how one would run away from a monster in Scooby-Doo. Then it's just pure hilarious. It's dangerous, very dangerous, but hilarious. All the usses. And I'm saying this because this exact thing happened to me once. Once upon a time, and it was like never never had the time moved so slowly. It was very strange. 
I was around my friend's house years ago. There was a group of us and we had had snow for the first time in, I don't know how long, actually. If you're, if you're listening in Canada or in certain parts of Europe or even parts of America, I guess, you, probably a lot of other places, you can be fairly confident about getting snow each year. But us, in merry old England, no, 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 not a sprinkling, mate, not a flake, not a teensy little flake, no. Rain? Oh, you betcha. Scotlanders so confident about getting rain that they have 300 words for it, but not snow. And even at the times that we do get snow, it's like it just doesn't want to settle. Like me, living in a van. (laughs) I am snow. I am a snowflake. I am no longer cavern. You must now refer to me as snow. What's in a name, anyway? Snow. Yeah, you have to say it in an Australian accent, though. Hello, Snow. Also, if you want to, um, if you want to be able to do the, um, the R&R thing really well, just say the letters R, N, and R in an American accent. R&R. Yeah, told you. R&R. You are welcome. You are so welcome. Anyway, back to my story. Now I've got all that silliness out of the way. It's cool though, right? Um, so yeah, on, the, on this rare snowy occasion, I was round a friend's and we were all in the garage smoking <clears throat> some bacon, as you do, very potent bacon and um, little did I know at this point that the snow outside the big garage door garage door was being kept untouched because I think one of one of our friends that lived there I think one of them wanted to do some artwork on it or something some kind of reason that meant they didn't want it touched and it had to be kept fresh. Ah, oh, such a good word, isn't it? Fresh. It shouldn't be on a matapeg, but it kind of is. Somehow. Fresh. Anyway, so unprivy to this information, instead of going back into the house through the garage door, I decided to go out of the garage and in through the front because YOLO I'm a maverick I do what I want bruh but as I was about to step out into this glorious crisp white heavenly goodness I just hear behind me now this is this is a, a relaxing podcast or at least it tries to be. Uh, so just imagine some added decibels onto that, and you can imagine the shock that rippled through me, like a big old rock 
hitting a pond with full force, that kind of ripple. And this, this abrupt exclamation hit me right as my feet were on the threshold of like garage and snow. And you know what else was at this meeting point? Ice, wonderfully smooth, slippery as all hell, ice. And so began, <laughs> in my shock, my limb's journey of wild abandon, going in every direction, trying to get back into the garage whilst not ruining the snow. My coordination these days, it's not the worst thing in the world. Back then, after smoking a lot of bacon and being generally haphazard as a person, my limbs are long, dude. About as long as it felt like I was stuck in this terrifying animated ordeal for. And so, like, with everything I just said, try as I might to reclaim, purchase onto the concrete floor of this garage, alas, my derriere, my behind, my bundo, found its way to the snowy ground, leaving a wonderful imprint of two buttocks and legs in the previously untouched, frozen precipitation. What are these words that are coming out of me right now? I went arse first into the snow. I failed that day, but I was successful in making everyone laugh. So all in all, a good day. That might also have had something to do with all the bacon we were smoking, but that is neither here nor there. I hope you enjoyed that story of me trying to get myself together like a like I was running in Scooby-Doo. Because I am now going to move on to the last word of this episode today, which is... Ali. I recently read about Ali's being an example of something called a liminal space. What is a liminal space, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Oh, you already know? Well, not everything is about you. So you just sit quietly, okay? Or walk, or sleep, or cook. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I hope you're having a nice time with it, though. Nice to keep you company for a bit. I appreciate you. Anyway... Liminal, liminal spaces, liminal, 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 uh, liminal spaces are, they're like, they're like transitional spaces, spaces that are kind of in between two points. Now, these spaces can be physical, like an alley, um, or like a doorway, or like a hallway, do you know, do you know or like a corridor, Something, something that is designed to get you from A to B, or it can be something less physical, but still palpable, I guess would be a, a word for it. I don't know. I think there's a more accurate word, but I can't think of it. Um, 
Like it definitely, it definitely has a poignance to it. It's like a, a sort of meta, metaphysical, is that the word? Metaphorical, let's go with metaphorical. Like an in-between stage of life. For example, possibly grief. Or say waiting for a callback about a job after an interview. Just a kind of limboistic state. Almost like you're being suspended by puppet strings for a certain amount of time and nothing's really happening to you, you're just sort of there. The interesting difference, I think, between these things, though, like the physical spaces and the metaphorical ones, apart from the fact that one is grounded in reality and the other one isn't physical reality anyway, uh... There's definitely exceptions to this, but more often than not, a lot of these less physical liminal spaces don't have a time limit. You don't know when they're going to end. Like no one knows how long grief lasts and how you move through it. You don't really know a lot of the time whether you're going to get a call back for a job interview, um, when or if, you know what I mean? And we can end up so caught up in when this feeling is going to end or when the end goal is going to be reached and we get to that place that we often lose focus on everything going on around us we kind of just go into autopilot so when you're walking down an alley a lot of the time you can see the end goal you can see where you're going. Maybe it's lit, maybe it's not, but other times you can't. Now, I don't suggest this. I do not condone or endorse this, but I spent a lot of time in dark alleys when I was younger, which is definitely not as creepy as it sounds. I didn't hang out in them, but my hometown was full of them, and I used to walk a lot as a kid at night and because I was an emo obviously um, but walking through all these these alleys and these these nooks and crannies of my town with no purpose other than to walk down them like I wasn't trying to get anywhere there was no B there was no A there was no B doing that and having that mindset or that lack of intention allowed them these transitional places to become places in themselves I hope you're following this I hope it's kind of making sense it is in my head um, and it was this thought that allowed me to be very present and at peace in those times not that I had any idea that that was what I was doing then. I was just doing it and just... I knew I felt calm doing it. So I liked doing it. So I did it. And Or, here's another example. Like, you know how certain places in school... There may be other examples of this, but school seems like the most obvious example. Um certain places at school become hangout spots 
that shouldn't be hangout spots. Like certain groups will hang out in certain hallways or corridors, spaces that are meant to be passed through but end up being places in themselves with a purpose. Does that make sense? Basically, what I think I'm going for here is that for most of us, if we suddenly become aware that we're spending time in a place that is supposedly designed to be passed through, physical or otherwise, it can bring this feeling of discomfort with it. Um, the opposite to my lazy boy. Like you're not supposed to be there. You're supposed to get to the other side of whatever this is. But that doesn't have to be true. You can exist and be present in these spaces just like any other. And the more you accept your presence in these spaces, the more you will feel comfortable just being. And it'll stop you feeling like you have to be going somewhere all the time or you have to get somewhere. Because you're already there. And with that unexpectedly deep message, I am going to leave you to just be. And regardless of whether the space you're listening to me in is liminal or not, this podcast is for everywhere, all occasions, if you need it to be. So wherever you are, it's nice to be here. I hope you have a week of progress, no matter how small or how big. I hope there's a few forward steps in there for you. And I hope you take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I will speak to you soon. Okay? Okay. Bye.